RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. BioNTech shots will resume on Monday as more vaccines arrive from Europe. The government sets out plans to help stranded Hong Kongers return from the UK. And seven of Hong Kong's most high-profile pro-democracy figures are convicted of illegal assembly charges. The government says its suspended BioNTech vaccination programme will resume on Monday after an investigation into packaging defects that affected two previous batches found they had not compromised the product's safety or efficacy. A new shipment produced at a different plant is due to arrive tomorrow. The Director of Health, Constance Chan, explains what was wrong with the problematic packaging. There were issues related to the so-called crimping process. Crimping is the process by which pressure is applied to the aluminium ring which fixed the rubber stopper at the top of the valve. And we received report that it is related to the process of crimping. At the same time, the condition of ultra-low temperature of minus 70 degrees. People who've booked a BioNTech jab from Monday can get the vaccine as scheduled, but those who were originally scheduled to receive their second shot on or before Sunday will be assigned a new time slot. And people who had bookings cancelled for their first shot will receive a text message in the coming days stating their new appointment date and time. Microbiologist Siddharth Sridhar agrees that there doesn't appear to have been anything wrong with the BioNTech jabs, despite the packaging irregularities. Actually, I'm relatively uh, not, not that concerned about it. Uh, the reason is we haven't really seen very significant uh, issues with people receiving the vaccine. I mean, we've had uh, several tens of thousands of people receiving the BioNTech vaccine in Hong Kong, and none of them have had any kind of infections or um, any undue or unexpected side effects. So I would say that, in, at least in terms of safety, I'm not too worried about the vaccines that have been given so far. Health authorities reported 13 new coronavirus cases today, including two local cases with unknown sources. The government has announced details of special flights to bring stranded Hong Kong residents back from the UK later this month. Wendy Wong has details. For the first time since December, a Cathay Pacific passenger flight from London will arrive in the SAR on April the 21st, followed by another a week later. The Hong Kong residents on board will have to show bookings for a 21-day quarantine stay at a specific hotel, the Rambler Garden in Chengyi, and a negative test for COVID-19. Bookings open next Thursday. Immigration officials say hundreds of Hong Kongers sought help after finding themselves trapped when a ban on arrivals from Britain was introduced abruptly in December. Their only option is to spend three weeks in a third country before flying to Hong Kong. The ban was introduced because of a surge in cases and concern about new variants in Britain. Officials announced on Monday that it would be lifted, citing the UK's high level of vaccination and a sharp drop in infections. The District Court has convicted seven veteran pro-democracy campaigners of organising and taking part in an unlawful assembly over their involvement in one of the biggest anti-government protests of 2019. Wang Yinteng reports. Founding chairman of the Democratic Party, Martin Lee, media tycoon Jimmy Lai and former lawmakers Margaret Ng, Sit Ho, Lee Chakian, Albert Ho and Leung Kwok Hong had all denied the charges against them. Two other defendants in the case, former legislators Ao Nok Kin and Leung Yu Chong, had pleaded guilty. The protest in question, on August the 18th, 2019, 
drew a crowd of 1.7 million people, the organizers said. In a written verdict, Judge Amanda Woodcock noted that police did not object to the Civil Human Rights Front's application to hold a rally at Victoria Park that day. But the force had rejected the group's request to march to Central and for another rally to be held there, something that happened in any case. During the trial, defence lawyers had argued that the veteran activists were only taking part in the procession to help disperse the crowd. But the judge dismissed the suggestion, noting that some of the defendants were among those carrying a huge banner at the front of the march. I am sure this public procession was not about dispersal of crowds, she said, adding that was a description used to defy the law and circumvent the ban. She will hear mitigation pleas on April the 16th before passing sentence. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, said the government never planned to merge its information services department with RTHK as the duties of the two departments are different. In an interview with Cable TV, she said the new head of the public broadcaster, Patrick Lee, is responsible for making sure that RTHK complies with relevant rules. She said Mr Lee had exercised his authority as the station's chief editor. The government has proposed cutting lesson times for four core secondary school subjects. Among them is the controversial Liberal Studies curriculum, which now has a new name. Vicky Wong has more. As part of a revamp, the Education Bureau said it would optimise the four core subjects, Chinese, English, Mathematics and Citizenship and Social Development. That's the new name for Liberal Studies. A spokesman said the four core subjects currently take up more than half or even more of the lesson time in many schools, resulting in a lack of space for students to obtain more diversified learning experiences. The spokesman said that with the reduced time for core subjects, this will reduce exam pressure and allow for enhanced curriculum flexibility. Mervyn Chung, chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Organization, said schools could allocate more time to other subjects like arts, sports, science and technology in future. The students have been so much criticized for their lack of knowledge and command of expertise in the science and technology areas as well as in arts and sports. So can they be given some training and some activities in these areas so that they can be more all-round and be better prepared to take up education in the universities. Mr Chang also stressed the need to put the extra class time available to good use. The government endorsed the name change for liberal studies one day after panels advising the Education Bureau proposed citizenship and social development. The liberal studies subject has been blamed by many pro-Beijing figures for the city's social unrest in 2019. And now as part of the sweeping changes to the curriculum, students will be taught the constitutional relationship between the SAR and the nation and safeguarding national security, among other things. One liberal studies teacher says she thinks the revamped subject will no longer be effective in promoting critical thinking among pupils. Catherine Lowe, an executive committee member of the Liberal Studies Teachers Association, says cutting teaching time by half would likely force pupils into rote learning. Because of the teaching time and on the curriculum inside, and then I, I think that even the teachers will just use the original method that is to talk and talk to teach the students the content, the knowledge content only, and train up the students to have a pass or fail based on the assessment. So it won't be more interactive anymore. 
Landlords of subdivided flats say it's unreasonable for a government task force to suggest that only tenants should have the say on when to terminate a lease in the first four years. But a concerned group insists it is only right to offer more protection to tenants. Violet Wong reports. Groups representing the interests of landlords and tenants have been speaking out one day after the task force made its recommendations on rents, leases and other matters relating to subdivided homes. It proposed that tenants should get to decide whether they want to renew a contract once after the initial lease expires at the end of a fixed period of two years. But Xie Hing Wen, who has the Hong Kong Owners Club, told an RTHK program that there should be a one-year period for landlords to get to know their tenants and to end the contract if there are any issues. He added that they should also be able to take back the flats early if they want to rent them out to relatives. A Tang Po Shen, convener of the group The Subdivider Flats Concerning Platform, dismissed criticism that the proposal is unfair to landlords. He said tenants deserve protection because they have little bargaining power in the housing market. He also said he had hoped that tenants could secure the flats for six years because many of them are queuing up for a public rental flat, which currently involves an average waiting time of 5.7 years. William Leung, the chairman of the task force, insisted the right balance has been struck. He said half of the tenants the panel surveyed had lived in subdivided flats for two years, and a guaranteed four-year tenancy period would be sufficient to see them allocated a public housing flat. Speaking on the same programme, he admitted that their proposal could take away some flexibility for landlords, but added that they could still affect tenants for bad behaviour, like taking part in illegal activities. Mr Lang said the task force hoped to right the wrongs after learning that some landlords do not sign a contract with their tenants and increase rents at every opportunity. A pro-Beijing group has warned it may organise a boycott of H&M, unless the retail clothing giant apologises for expressing concern about reports of forced labour in the cotton industry in Xinjiang. The group says the feelings of the Chinese people are at stake. Violet Wang reports. The demanding H&M Apologise Coalition handed in a letter at the retail firm's office in Chimsa Choi, saying the group organised a petition online which attracted more than 44,000 signatures within three days. King Wong, one of the organisers, says H&M has splashed dirty water on the pure white cotton of Xinjiang and the Swedish company's statement this week saying it will try to regain China's trust just isn't good enough. It won't apologise although it knows that it has made a mistake. It won't apologise although it knows our Chinese market is huge and would like to continue to do business in China. Is trying to fudge the issue, but I think speaking from the country's perspective, a public apology is needed to protect our countrymen's feeling, he said. Another member of the group, Jackie Ko, says H&M should learn more about Xinjiang instead of making groundless allegations against China. I go live on Douyin every night and chat with pretty ladies from Xinjiang. If people in Xinjiang really have no freedom, how can they use Douyin every night? He asked. H&M has found itself in a storm of criticism on the mainland after a statement from last year resurfaced on social media. The company had expressed concern over reports of forced labour in Xinjiang, saying it would no longer source cotton from the region. 
A French newspaper has accused Chinese state media of inventing a French journalist who argued there were no human rights atrocities being carried out against Uyghurs in Xinjiang. The BBC's Celia Hatton has the details. After a lengthy investigation, Le Monde newspaper said it could find no evidence that a reporter named Lorraine Beaumont was real. Her biography stated she graduated from a top university and worked in French newsrooms for seven years before moving to China. But Le Monde could find no trace of her before 2020, when her byline started appearing on articles posted to China's global television website. Since last year, CGTN has published columns credited to Ms. Beaumont, claiming to know from experience living in Xinjiang that Uyghurs are happy and satisfied with their lives. Beijing has yet to comment on the matter. The World Health Organization has criticized the rollout of coronavirus vaccines in Europe as unacceptably slow, saying jabs provided the best way out of the pandemic. A senior WHO official said the situation in Europe was more worrying than it had been in months. She warned of the risks over the current religious holidays. In France, where surging infections have led the government to announce a third lockdown, Prime Minister Jean Castet told Parliament the vaccination effort would be accelerated. In the coming weeks, we could then launch vaccinations for new age groups. April 15th for elderly people aged 60 to 69 years, May 15th for people aged 50 to 59, June 15th for all the others. There's hope that this vaccination campaign allows us to see the future with clarity, confidence and optimism. To sport and in tennis, Japan's Naomi Osaka has seen a 23-match winning streak come to a crushing end. The world number two was done 6-0, 6-4 by Maria Sakari in the quarterfinals of the Miami Open. Major League Baseball returns today with the New York Yankees hosting the Toronto Blue Jays in the opening game. The World Series champions LA Dodgers open on the road against the Colorado Rockies. The Dodgers are obvious favourites, but a few other teams in the American League are also worth watching. Here's our U.S. sports commentator, Ray Jovanovich. I think the American League Central is also going to be exciting. The Chicago White Sox are a talented young core, and they will make manager Tony La Russa's return season a fun one. I remember La Russa 35 <laughs> years ago when he was managing the Chicago White Sox, so that should be very interesting. The Minnesota Twins, of course, always always tops in the American League Central. Finally, I think the Los Angeles Angels, this could be their season as well under second-year manager Joe Madden, formerly the Cubs. In spring training's first week, Shohei Otani threw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, and he hit a 468 homer in the same game. This Angels team is going to be tough. A reminder of our top stories, BNTech shots regime on Monday, the government sets out plans to help stranded Hong Kongers return, and seven of Hong Kong's most high-profile pro-democracy figures are convicted of illegal assembly charges. The news from RTHK. Statutory maternity leave has been increased from 10 weeks to 14 weeks. Employers may apply for reimbursement of the additional four weeks maternity leave pay after paying employees. The reimbursement of maternity leave pay scheme is now open for applications. Employers are welcome to make online applications on the reimbursement easy portal at rmlps.gov.hk. For details, visit the website or call 2636 6353. RTHK Radio Stream. Chuck, 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 chu
Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. Let me rock it, it's all up on the deal. Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. Let me rock it, let me feel for you. Shaka Khan, what you tell me, what you wanna do? Do you feel for me the way I feel for you? Shaka Khan, let me tell you what I wanna do. I wanna love you, wanna hug you, wanna squeeze you too. So let me take it in my arms, let me feel you with my charm, Shaka. Cause you know that I'm the one that keep you warm, Shaka. I make it more than just a physical dream. I wanna rock you, Shaka, baby, make you make me wanna scream. Let me rock it, rock it. Getting us started for the second hour of the Late Show for this Thursday, the 1st of April 2021. That, of course, is none other than Shaka, Shaka, Shaka Khan, and I feel for you. Written by Prince, featuring harmonicas from Stevie Wonder. Picked up two Grammy Awards in 1984, R&B vocal performance and song of the year. I feel for you. Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray, the world's most durable DJ, sheltering in place, staying safe during this current COVID spike, and will return as soon as it's safe to do so. In the meantime, playing the music of the 50s through 80s for another 10 minutes or so, then we're going to slow things down with assorted ballads and easy listening all the way through till one. Keeping it in the 1980s with the Eurythmics. 
There must be an angel. No. 